This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus' name. We're here in Genesis, and uh, they've eaten fruit of the tree that they were told not to eat, the knowledge of good and evil. And remember, knowledge of good and evil is, by definition, the law gives you the understanding of good and evil. And so they've chosen the law. They've chosen the path of the law. And me being an attorney, that's not a good thing. When you come to court, there's the old story of, of a judge over over in county adjoining our county who used to, at the start of the criminal term, would say, everybody form two lines on both sides of the court. Everybody that wants justice, line up on the right side. And everybody that wants mercy, line up on the left side. And that's funny. Uh, not, I'm sure it wasn't funny for those who were uh, having to stand up on each side maybe 30, 40, 50 years ago, but it was funny. It's a funny story to be told because who would want to stand up on the side of getting justice? Who really wants to uh, get justice? Who wants to have to deal with that? The answer to the question is no one. You don't want to have to face justice. What you want is mercy and you want grace. And uh, and in the garden, the devil told, asked them to question God's word and to question what God had said to them. And and they did. And they chose their will over God's will, and it put them in a bad position. Well, it put them in a position of death. God said it would, be, would put them in. He said, then the Lord called out to Adam and said to him, where are you? And uh, he was in the garden. So the question is not, where are you in the garden? The Lord God, or Jehovah Elohim here, uh, Jesus himself, he knows where they're at. He is omnipotent and uh, he knows exactly where they're at. The question is not to be answered for Jesus's information. The question is to be answered for Adam and Eve's understanding. And uh, the understanding is the position they find themselves in separated from God is a horrible position. And it's the position of all humanity. Without Jesus Christ, there is no connection to God. There is no way to him. He is the way. He's not a way. He is the way. And without without Jesus, there isn't a way. Now, luckily for Adam and Eve, and not luckily, but providentially for Adam and Eve, they, uh, they, are, they are knowing and uh, talking to the same one who would come and ultimately pay the price and redeem them. And, uh, and so when they're dealing with, like I said, Jehovah Elohim, the Lord God, they're actually dealing with Jesus and Jesus is, uh, Jesus is going to, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to fix this problem temporarily, but he's going to fix the problem eternally on a cross and through an empty tomb. And so ultimately the problem is going to be fixed and we're going to see that he's going to, he's going to prophesy. The Lord God's going to tell them how he's going to fix it. And uh, he tells them that. But first, as in every situation, man has to deal with his own sin. And uh, before you can have the fullness of God, you have to deal with yourself and you have to learn to walk by faith. 
and and that's a difficult thing to do. No, no doubt about it. There's no question about it. It's a struggle. It's a hard thing to do to learn to walk by faith and to deal with who, deal with your fallen nature, which was given to you by Adam himself. So he said, "I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I na- I was naked and I hid myself." Now, I want you to notice this is this verse right here. I could preach a whole sermon on it and likely probably should preach a whole sermon on it. But he said what Adam said here, what Adam said here, the four things that he said here are so telling of how we in our sinfulness approach and deal with God and so informational about how we should deal with God and understand him and be changed by him. First of all, he said, I heard your voice in the garden. By the way, God speaks to us. We don't come to him. We don't seek after him initially. He has to be the initiator of the relationship. When we are broken and separated from him, God is the one who makes the way. God is the one who calls out to us. Notice Adam and Eve didn't eat of the fruit of the tree and run to God for help. They ate of the fruit of the tree and they hid. And God is the one who initiates everything. And by the way, You want it to be God who does that. We all want it to be God who does that because he's the one who's perfect. He's the one who's holy. He's the one whose nature, his very nature is defined by love. And so if we're going to come to God and we're going to, and we're going to know God, it it has to be by his will. It has to be by his actions. It has to be by his activity because it can't be by our own activity. We are, we, when we are born, we're born separated from him, spiritually dead and totally and utterly sinful. And it is absolutely necessary that God make a way to us because we are totally unequipped and totally unable to make a way for ourselves. And uh, understanding that about yourself is actually opens the door for you to actually receive the grace of God. Realizing that even the realization of that is given to you by God. And God gives you the realization that you're totally unequipped and totally unable to be able to make it to him. Him giving you that understanding and the realization that he's got to make it to you, that he's got to provide the path to you. He's got to be, he's got to be the way maker for you. Understanding makes you, it makes the opportunity available and the grace you begin to see, you begin to understand that I don't do it, but God does. And that is a great, it's a great principle of scripture, but it's also a revelation of the goodness and the grace of God that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were separated from him, Christ made a way for us. While we were lost in darkness, the world received a great light. And that what we talk about on during our Christmas celebrations, the world has been, has received a great light and we have. And that light is the light of God's revelation, the light of God's mercy, the light of God's grace, the light of God's activity toward us, not our activity toward him. He said, I heard your voice in the garden. And what that means is that Adam, for the first time in his sin, in his sinfulness, heard God's voice. And let me tell you, God's speaking all the time. And uh, he is speaking to many out there who have not responded to his voice, and yet they still hear it out there. And uh, we are to be continually giving them the truth of God's word, but more importantly, the grace of God's word, the goodness of God's word. Remember, we're out there, we're out there giving them what, what is called the gospel or the good news. And the good news is that the voice they hear from God is a voice of hope and life, and it's a voice of mercy. If they were not hearing that voice at all, 
If they were not hearing God's voice, sure, they would be lost in their sin and they would be on a path to destruction. But by the very reality that they actually are hearing God gently and softly calling them, they, that, that reality is evidence that God has already been at work in their lives, has already placed in them a new spirit so that they might hear him, has already given them spiritual eyes to see so that they might see him, and spiritual ears to hear so that they might hear him. And in the garden, even though Adam was lost and separated from him, God had made a way for him to hear his voice. And God was active already in Adam's life. He'd been active before, and then Adam ate of the fruit of the tree and died, and then God steps in again. And so Adam Adam gets a double portion of God's grace. He gets the grace at the beginning and the grace at the end. He said, I heard your voice in the garden. Notice the first reaction we have in our sinfulness when we hear God's voice is to be what? It's to be afraid. That's a that's not a bad thing. That's a healthy thing. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's not a terrible thing to be afraid. That being said, we have to overcome our, our fear due to our sin, and we have to embrace our fear due to our understanding of how great and mighty he is. And uh, when we're able to do that, when we're able to uh, take th- that emotion and realize the importance of it and the goodness of it, and that's done in very small and minute ways. It's not a big principle that somebody has to get before they can get that. It's, it's just the idea and the understanding that, first of all, I have a reason to fear the holiness of God because I'm a sinner. And then second of all, I have a real reason to praise and to worship the mightiness of God because I am nothing and he's everything. And then once we get to that point, then the wisdom of God, the understanding of God is available to us. And so he says, he says, I heard your voice in the garden. So he heard God's word. He heard his, he heard the speaking of his mouth. And Jesus said, the words I say to you, they are spirit and life. And so he's speaking to Adam words of spirit and life. And uh, he says, and I was afraid because I was naked. Notice his fear was born of his sinfulness. And uh, remember that that idea of nakedness after the fall is the idea of your sin being laid bare to the world, to, to God, to yourself, more importantly. The sin is laid bare to the world. We Those who deny the, the fallenness of man either are, are lost in their sin or or worse than that, they are trying to make excuses for who we are. I love it when people say, man, these men are naturally good. They're not naturally good. They're naturally evil. God is the one who makes us good. And God is the only one who is good. Jesus was asked, that, that Jesus was being asked questions and they said, good teacher. And Jesus said, why do you call me good? Only God is good. Now he wasn't saying that he wasn't good. What he was saying was, if you're going to call me good teacher, you need to understand that you're placing me in the position of speaking to you as the voice of God, as the presence of God, as the power of God. And so what I have to say, you better act upon as if you're hearing from God, you are. And he says, I was afraid because I was naked. I was in sin. The realization of your sinfulness and your realization of your lostness is usually when a person has their conversion experience, that that moment when they realize who they are and they realize who they aren't, and they realize what they need because God has made that realization plain and obvious to them. When that happens, when that happens in someone's life, that that is the time when they have the opportunity to turn from themselves and to turn toward God. And that's what's happening with Adam right here. He said, I was afraid because I was naked. 
Uh, I was afraid because I was in sin. I was afraid because I had done what you told me not to do. I was afraid because I chose the law over grace. I was afraid because I now am separated from you. I was afraid because I was naked. I was uh, laid bare before everyone. And now he has his eyes open and he sees that he is naked. He doesn't have his eyes opened and he's God like Lucifer told him. He wasn't, he didn't have his eyes open and now he's God like Lucifer said. He has his eyes open now and now he knows what it means to be not God. He knew all about God before. He knew all of God's goodness and grace. He knew all of God's love and affection. He knew all of God's purpose and power. But when he ate through that tree, he understood not only who God was, but now he understands what not God is. He understands what sin is. He understands what lostness is. And you know what? In learning that and understanding that and knowing that, it makes him afraid. And so what does he do? What do people do? What do people do when they come to that realization? They go to prison. That's where they go. According to the song we uh, sang Sunday morning, ain't no grave going to hold this body down. They go to the prison of shame. They go to the prison of shame. And in the prison of shame, you don't talk to anybody about your problems. You don't deal with your issues with God. You hide and you and you're locked up and separated and you enter the abyss of hopelessness and uh, despair. And uh, shame is a painful and a difficult place to be. It's a prison cell that many, many are in. And let me tell you something. If they're in that prison cell of shame, because now I've dealt with people who are purely evil. And the people who are purely and completely evil, meaning they've not heard from God, they're they're never going to choose God. Those people, they're, they're bold in their sinfulness. They're bold in their wickedness. They're bold in who they are. But when you're dealing with somebody who's struggling with shame, you're probably dealing with somebody who's struggling with God. And if they're struggling with God, that means that God's in the path and in the way of helping them. He's already begun the process of bringing them to him. And what they've done is because they can't bear to look at themselves, they can't bear to who they actually are and who they actually have become. They've locked themselves away in a cell of shame so that they can hide from it. And let me tell you something, the only way you can coax them out of that shit, out of that cell of, of pain, that cell of, of separation, that, that, that prison cell of, well, shame, the only way you can, the only way you can ever, ever get them coaxed out of that is that you give them the good news. That's what you do. You, they deal with their, their sin by realizing that their sin has been paid for. They deal with their shame by realizing that the grace of God is available to them. They deal with their shame by realizing that the very nature of God and his love and his affections for them is where life is. And uh, the way you help someone is you place yourself in their position because you've been there yourself. And you you walk into that cell of shame and you tell them about the good news. You bring the light to them and you give them the hope and the courage and the faith that you have. That's what we call it, by the way. We call it sharing our faith. What does that mean? I've heard God's word. I realized who I'm not and who he is. And I've grabbed hold of who he is. And now I'm walking in that goodness. That doesn't make me perfect. Doesn't make me wonderful, but it does make me a child of God. And that that is available to us. And he's made it available to us. And you share that with them. You share them, share with them what you've heard from God. God spoke to you in the garden. And what you understood your situation was, you were afraid. Because why were you in that situation? Because of your sin. 
you were naked and you had shame and you hid yourself. But you know what? The grace of God, the goodness of God, the word of God, God is reaching out to them and we should encourage them to turn and receive it. And when they turn and receive it, their conviction over sin is is brought about to the fullness of life. Their feeling of shame is melted away. And then they begin to walk in the hope of Jesus Christ rather than the defeat of their past. And that's what Jesus is doing. He's bringing, he said to Adam, where are you? And Adam, Adam answered in a clear and concise way. Adam said, I heard your voice. I heard your word. I realized that I was sinful and separated from you. I realized how great and mighty you are and how little I am. I realized that was a result of my sinfulness because I was naked. And so I hid myself in a prison of shame. And when I hid myself in that prison of shame, I was locked there and separated from you. And he said, Jesus says to him, he says to him, who told you you were naked? What he's saying is, I'm going to deal with your sin directly. And who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? And what he's saying is, I'm going to, I'm going to take you to the core of your sinfulness and I'm going to let you deal with your sinfulness. And when I let you deal with it, I'm going to, I'm going to redeem it out of you. But first you do have to face it. And that's why in a conversion experience, when somebody comes and comes to that place where they realize that they need God, there usually is a lot of tears and a lot of release of emotions. And those releases of emotions come from the realization that they did, they are naked and that they did eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And they have known what it is to be not God. And uh, it's painful and it's difficult. And the release is always healthy and good. And that's where we find ourselves. God's going to deal with Adam and Eve about their sin. He's going to, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to cover them. He's going to give them the covering of the shedding of blood for the remission of their sin. He's going to tell them the consequence that sin's sin's going to bring about in the earth. And then he's going to provide a message of hope. And so tomorrow morning, that's what we're going to deal with. We're going to deal with, with Jesus directly confronting sin that has now entered his creation through the ones that he put over his creation, Adam and Eve. And he's going to, he's going to give us the answer or the way that he's going to fix that problem. And so- As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus name.